Episode number 257, Pursuing Christ, Creating Art, with Gary Molander. Part 1. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. This is the Making Sunday Happen podcast where we help you transform the worship experiences at your church. This week on the podcast, I welcome a ministry veteran. My friend Gary Molander is on today. Gary is a great guy. Uh, We're going to be talking with Gary this week and next week all about pursuing Christ and creating art, which is the title of his 2011 book. And over the next two weeks, we'll be talking about purpose, the difference in uh, being a creative and an artist, your identity, your pursuit, authority, some creative blocks, how to uh, get past creative blocks, and more. We're going deep. Uh, It's going to be a fun ride with Gary this week and next week. So this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at SALT Conference. And SALT 2020 is a gathering of creative and technical leaders from around the country. It will be held October 14th through 16th. And right now it's a physical gathering. And I'll keep you updated if anything changes on that front. Be sure to go ahead and get tickets, though, at saltcommunity.com. That's saltcommunity.com. Great speakers, including Nikki Lerner, Glenn Packham, Samir Massad, uh, Joseph Sojourner, and more. Uh, saltcommunity.com, again, is the website uh, to grab tickets and to learn more. Saltcommunity.com. We'll dive right in. Uh, with Gary Molander after a quick testimonial from a couple sharing the impact that SALT Conference has had on their ministry. Watch this. Hi, I'm Mark. This is Judy. We're from Denver, Colorado, and SALT changed our lives. Um, I remember a couple of years ago during the opening keynote uh, where Luke um, spoke and he said these words that really stuck with us, and that was, settle your calling. Um, and I remember thinking about that and, and being in kind of a, seri- a, a season of transition in our lives and, and how much that helped us just kind of settle who we are in our ministry and what we do and why we do it. And, uh, and that, that has really kind of helped us forge ahead in ministry and, and be able to be the, the ministers that, that we know God has called us to be. And, uh, and man, that just really affected who we are in the church. Coming to SALT, it's, it's not just an experience to provide you with resources for um, how to do ministry, but it's also a resource for your heart and soul on why we do ministry. And um, we left here with such purpose and passion. And um, I know you guys will too. Hey guys, Gary Molander is the founder of Floodgate Productions, an author, pastor, filmmaker, and artist who served the church and the greater creative community for over a decade. Gary served as a pastor for 17 years and has a master's degree in creative arts. Currently serves as one of the teaching pastors and volunteer creative director uh, at his home church. He's the author of Pursuing Christ, Creating Art. Gary, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. Awesome to be here. Thanks. You are the man. So I, uh, I've seen you around at Salt and other places, and we've gotten to connect just kind of from a distance. But man, I've uh, 
from where I've seen you on stage and connecting with people, I really uh, appreciated your heart and everything that you're adding to the kingdom, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for saying that, Carl. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, okay. So, uh, tell me what the Lord has you doing. I, I said that you're a volunteer creative director. That's awesome. Uh, so tell me what the Lord, uh, is doing with you right now. So right now we moved, I actually, I, we moved from the place where I was a volunteer creative director. Okay. Um, and I was that for a long time. We lost our creative director in the church that I was at in California. And so I pitched to them, I'll do it volunteer, but you have to hire me someone full-time. And so I oversaw a full-time guy who worked at the church and I oversaw him as a volunteer. So it's, it's kind of the, the script is a little bit flipped. It was, and it worked out. Gotcha. Okay. It really worked out great. Um, but we moved recently to Tennessee to Nashville. And so it's a bit of a restart for us. And that is, that's where we're at now. My wife and my wife, Angela and I, and I am in the middle of, as you probably are too, a number of different things uh, because that's who we are and that's what we do. So church media, constantly creating, you know, media for churches to consume and download and use all over the world. Uh, we're working on a few really high priority initiatives right now with, with clients on the client side that's uh, called floodgate creative. And then I am also, I'm writing a new book, and I am also doing some business consulting yeah. in bringing and uh, helping business leaders be able to say something in that, that is compelling and inspiring and not just use a PowerPoint deck with 150 slides to do it. Yeah. And so a lot of companies are actually transitioning into more storytelling and I'm helping them do that. Yeah. So awesome. it's, it's just a ton. There's other stuff, but God has got, from the biggest picture, Carl, I'm entering the, the, the last sort of third of my professional life, right? I was young and then I was middle-aged and now I'm not. <laughs> and so I'm asking the question, God, is there one more big thing here for me? Hmm. One more big thing. So I'm really looking at this. I'm 55 and I'm really looking at this, these next 10 years. I'm dreaming again. I'm That's doing awesome. all the things, you know, I'm not yeah. just going to retire. So, yeah, that's great, man. Tell me about Floodgate. What are you guys doing over there? Floodgate, uh, we have Floodgate Productions, which is church mini, mini movies and media and stills and background, all that stuff. Cool. All right. So, I, I want to talk about your, your book, Pursuing Christ and Creating Art. Yep. Uh, you wrote this book a few years ago. So, this really, um, and you can see it at the front of the book, this is kind of the, the intersection between the, the two things. So I'm pursuing yeah. Christ, I'm creating art, and the book is kind of that sliver in which they intersect, right? Exactly. Tell, tell me about that and why yeah. you wrote the book. Yeah, think two concentric circles, right? Uh, yeah. Venn diagram uh, with two two circles. I, I just wrote the book because I was frustrated in my own self, in my own life. And my life had become, especially working in church as an artist, my life had really become, I was pursuing art and I was creating Christ. And it, it, that is a real temptation for all of us, I think. For me, that was my life. So I, I just wrote it as, honestly, as, as therapy. I didn't think anybody would ever read it. That, that was more of a joke. I wrote it for me. And I wrote it for me to get back to where I needed to be, to remember my identity, and to, to create art in response to my relationship with Jesus, not the other way around. Um, so... That's why I wrote the book. And 
it was a selfish thing. It was a therapeutic thing and people started buying it and it's, it was, it's self-published. It's not like, not like anybody was coming knocking, you know, Gary, write a book. It wasn't that way. And people started picking it up. And then a couple of bigger names in our tribe, uh, yeah. picked it up and began to drop it on their social channels and boom, like it's found a home. It's, uh, it's in colleges now. It's part of the textbook curriculum for for artists in Christian colleges. Who knew? Like who knew? And uh, anyway, that's that's what the book is about. It's, well, it's, cool. it's because of the content, man. And uh, as I was going through it just to prepare for our time together, man, I was uh, I just I, I I love it, and it's it's really kind of a it's a good base for any artist, especially obviously a believer. Um, mm. To, to know what we're going after and to keep the main thing, the main thing. So, um, okay. So I want to kind of hit on each of these uh, sections of the book rather. Um, so tell me, so let's, let's get started here. Tell me the difference between a creative and an artist. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have a real, a real problem and it's just a sticking point with me when people talk about a creative class or they say, Oh, all the creatives just met in a room. And I, I know what they're saying. They're saying people who are sensitive like us, they're people who are <laughs> people who uh, 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 draw or paint or whatever for a living. Right. I know what they're saying, but to use the term creative is just a misnomer. Um, if you look at scripture, you look at that Genesis story in creation, right? What does God do as the creator? This is exactly what he does. He takes all of everything that he is, the essence of who he is, it's light and it's life. If you boil down everything that God is in Genesis, it's light and it's life. And he's giving it all. And he's giving it all into, a, he's pouring it all into a void. So if God is a creative God, and oh, by the way, the story is called the creation story, right? For a reason. Um, He's taking the essence of everything that he is and he's pouring it into a void that won't be filled unless he fills it. Now think about that for a second. Yeah. That's all of us. We're created in the image of God as creators. So our job is every day to take everything, the essence of who we are, it's different for us, and then pour it into the voids that we come into. So my wife can do that. I haven't even talked about painting, by the way. I haven't even talked about filming or creating or speaking or writing. My wife can do that. Anybody can do that. We're, that's, that's the creative act. And we're all creative. What we're not all is artists. An artist, yeah. And right. so I think that's the thing, Carl. Honestly, it just, it strips value from people who aren't part of the creative community when they don't, because how often do you get someone who looks at you at what you do, right? Or me and goes, oh, they're the creative right? I just teach yeah. students for a living. I, I, I just work in a hospital, right? That's not creative. <laughs> right. Right. So do you have to be creative to be an artist? Yes. You do, do you not have, to have to be an artist to be a creative? No. Right. Good, good point. Good distinction. Um, okay. So now that we know the difference, we're talking about artists. Okay. So talk to me about the purpose of art. What are we really doing yeah. when it comes to art? I, I, you know, I think anytime at the core of it, when we create art, we're taking something that was invisible and we're making it visible. Bottom line. Yeah. 
Um, it's been a thought to us. It's been an idea. Right. It's been something we've been dreaming about waking up in the middle of the night thinking, Oh, I should do this. What if I did this? Right. Now we're making it visible for the Christian, for the Christ follower. We're actually doing something that I think is greater. We are making visible the invisible God Hmm. in our art. So what comes to mind to me is like a blank canvas on a painting. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's empty. It, it, you know, and I am making visible on that canvas, my invisible God. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the picture that comes to mind when you say that. Yes. Um, Now I I will, uh, let me just qualify it. It doesn't have to be where the four spiritual laws are always shared. That that doesn't mean hmm. some, sometimes it will be right. So we have, we have filmmakers in our community who, who make really overt Christian films. Okay. That's one way of making visible the invisible God, but also mm-hmm. in our community, we have filmmakers who aren't as overt about Jesus died on the cross for you yet. The beauty of God is all through it. It's the through thread. Yep. So it right. It, I just want to clarify that it doesn't mean yep. that you have to become this super evangelist. Uh, and those guys will tell you, cause I've talked to them. Yeah. Uh, those guys will tell you, this is what God has called, how God has called me to talk to the church or use my art to talk. When I talk to Alex Kendrick, he's like, am I preaching to the choir? 100% I am. Yes, I am. That's great. Like that's what God has called me to do uh, yeah. on a, with a John Irwin, Irwin brothers. They're a little bit more, you know, they're going to use a Dennis Quaid, <laughs> you know, and, and tell a, tell a story. Uh, you know, that might be overtly, you know, talk about salvation or it might be, uh, you know, whatever. So, yeah. I mean, I think there, there's a place for both. Does that help? And, that and yeah. I, yeah. You're dead on. And at the end of the day, all truth is God's truth. So uh, how I tell that truth, it's God's anyway. Right. Yeah. So yeah, making, I, I think all art for us, for Christ followers is, um, at the core of it all, we're making visible the invisible God. So tell me, you talk in your book about how art is a response to God, yeah. Yeah. not that it's our need to create for God. So walk, walk me through that concept. Yeah, I, I, I say it this way. I say um, we don't need to create. We don't create art for God. He doesn't need it. We create art for the world. We create art in response to God because the world needs it. I'll say that again in a better way, but. Um, yeah, just look outside, man. Look at the mountains, look at the sunset, look at the world, look at the beauty. When I was in California, we lived an hour and a half away from Yosemite and I wouldn't wake up every morning. And I, I woke up to the, to the, um, uh, to the Sierra Nevada mountains in my backyard. And I thought, I think to myself, God doesn't need my art. He, he's doing really good on his own. Yeah. <laughs> right? And the babies that are born into the world and the this and the that and the beauty and the wells that are dug and the water that's being, all of it, right? All of it's art. All of it's God being the artist. So he doesn't need me. Um, I, I, I go back to Psalm 40 is one of my favorite passages. And David says uh, in Psalm 40, he says, um, he lifted me up out of the pit, so David's in this pit of his own making, by the way, and God reaches in and he grabs him, takes him by the hand and he lifts him out of it. And then what does it say? And he set my feet on a solid rock. 
right? A firm foundation. So David is saved and God sets his feet on this firm foundation. And what is David's response? He says, I will sing a new song. I will sing. David's an artist. What else would we expect, right? He's going to now sing a new song, not an old song, not a new one with a hooky bridge, uh, oh. uh, but a new song. And then, right? And then he says this. He says, he doesn't say, so God will see and hear. You know what he says? So the world will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So he gets saved and what, and he set his feet on solid rock. And what does he do in response? He writes a new song and then he sings it to the world. So we don't create art for God. He doesn't need it, Carl. Mm -hmm. We create art in response to God because the world needs it. Good. So in relation to that, let's move to kind of your next section, and that is identity. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about how, as an artist, I need to be finding my uh, – well, let me, let me pause this here. So 12, 1230 Media is all about the worship experience. So I, I want people to connect the dots here that as we are taking our audience on a Sunday morning on a journey from parking lot to parking lot, we are, and we are creating art in that experience. I want us as the artists during the week to be processing these type things. Where, where do I find my purpose? Where do I find my identity? So I want this content to relate to the worship leader, the pastor, the production guy, uh, people, people like that. What you're doing on a Sunday morning is your, or leading up to that Sunday morning is you're creating art. So how are we in the week pursuing Christ? Um, so, all right. So I wanted to just make sure that we're couching it in that. So me as an artist working on worship experience, working on Sunday, working at a church, how do I find my identity in my creator? Yeah, I think that it's, so for people like us and, and everybody listening, probably, right? Um, you don't need to find your identity. I think you've already found it. Good, 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 good. Thank I, you. I think you just need to remember it. And good, I think thank you. It be prioritized. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's a challenge for us to say, yeah, I know I'm a child of God, right? Son of God, daughter of God, right? Daughter of the King is what we hear. Um, but it's the hardest thing we'll ever do because we are so tempted to finish a video or finish that new cool bulletin cover or whatever we're doing, and then hand it into our boss, our client, or whatever, or whoever, and then then just wait. And then you, what are they going to say? And it's that response that we hope for that can become our identity. And that's scary. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. So I have to remind myself of this, and this is a constant thing. I'm not, a, I'm not an artist who happens to be a Christian. I'm a Christ follower who is lucky enough to be an artist. Mm -hmm. First and second, right? And you can say that for anybody. I'm a, I'm a baseball player. I'm not a baseball player who's a Christian. I'm a Christ follower who happens to be able to play baseball. And we have to fight for this, man. Like this is a fight that you have to constantly remember. So um, one of the things I really try to do is every time I turn in a new video, and this is to the church world, so I'll put it up on one of the, church, the big distributors, for sale, or I'm working with a client and we're producing this big thing for them. And I, 
and I upload the first draft to a Google Doc or to Frame or to whatever I'm uploading it to, I say these words out loud as I'm doing it. Your identity is not found here. And I have it, it's a sign in my office, your identity is not found here. So it's a constant remembrance, man. It's this, yeah. it's a struggle, it's a battleground, but at the end of the day, I'm a Christ follower first. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's definitely easier said than done. And oh. it's one of those things that we continually have to practice. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I think we can wrap ourselves in, in our work, like you were saying, and even forget to spend, we can spend so much time working for God that we forget to spend time with him and focus on that. Our, our identity is, is in him. I agree with you. It's so wrapped up in what we're doing for him and it can be good things for the ministry. Always is. It always you know? is. You know, right? you might not have to, I mean, I know we've heard over the last few years of pastors and people falling, but you might not, this might not be a failure on our part. It just might be a, a shift in our making sure our identity is in the right place. Make it a focus, maybe. There's no, there's no question. And for me, my story is uh, one where I didn't do that in full-time ministry. And so when I got out of full-time ministry, I was nobody. Because I, I didn't know, I knew what my identity in Christ was, but I didn't live it. So when I, when I quit pastoring in a local church where a church pays my paycheck and everything, um, I ended up on the, on the dining room floor just crying for a year hmm. because if I wasn't a pastor, who, am then I? who, who was I? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I had to, God loves us enough to have us cry on the floor for a year. Right. Mm-hmm because he's bringing us back to the only thing that we were created for in the first place to belong to him. That's what identity is. Yeah. Good. All right. Talk to me about this concept of the prison of freedom. So a lot of times in ministry, we can, we can kind of make our own day, make our own calendar. Um, So, but sometimes that can, we can, we're choosing the task that we want, and that, that's what makes us happy. Um, so talk to me as a former pastor about how you wrestled with what true freedom is. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think, so I always wanted to just script my own days, don't you? Doesn't everybody want to script yeah. their own days, right? Don't you want to jump into a podcast in the middle of the day? Because we scripted it, right? Um, and that feels like freedom. Uh, in, in working in a church, if, if I used to dream about f- what it would feel like if I could literally do anything I wanted all day long, what would that look like? Oh, people pay me for it. What would that look like? And I, I called that freedom. It's not freedom. Free, that's not freedom. That's a prison. To be able to do all you want to do all day long is a prison. Real freedom is this. Real freedom is I get to get up in the morning and I get to tell the story of God with my unique voice. Now that's freedom, right? You can do it a number of different ways. Um, Especially artists can figure that out a number of different ways. 
but I really, I didn't know I was in a prison. Um, I didn't know that I had put myself into a prison, Carl, until, until I got out and I realized, oh, that's not freedom. That's not freedom. Freedom comes with constraints. The Bible says, Paul says that, that you, weren't, you weren't made free just to be free. He says, you were made free to serve others. That's freedom. And for me, it's telling the story of God using my own voice. Good, good. Okay, let's shift into this section of authority. Um, so I love that you talked in your book about not liking the word authority. Um, but not that, liking. You did. Uh, I said it's stronger. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love this because it's this, uh, you kind of changed it to this concept of a covering for you. Okay, so uh, what did you mean by uh, you, you, your person in authority is a covering yeah. for you? So I'll start with this. If, if you could jump inside of my head and if the listener, if people I know. Don't want to do that? No, no, no. Well, no, no. I mean, none, <laughs> none of us want to do that. But my head says this, and it's always spinning with, with this voice. I need authority. I don't need authority. I might, I don't really think I need it. I need authority. Okay, so there, there's always that, that tension of, of authority. And unfortunately, the only way you can find out if you have really good authority figures over you is if you don't have really good authority figures over you, if they kind of abuse that. And so I began to look in Scripture, and I found that one of the Hebrew words for the word authority in Scripture is translated covering. It's actually the same Hebrew word that's translated atonement, which also means a covering. So for me, a great leader covers people, right? They protect them. They challenge them. They push them. They give them honest feedback, positive and negative, and they give them resources. They make sure they have the resources to fulfill the calling for which the leader has hired them or, or gathered them. Um, that's what a, a true covering is. If you don't feel covered, have you ever been in a spot where your leader wasn't covering you? Me too. Me too. It's awful. It's awful. So if, you know, I'm trying to find authority figures. I'm 55. It's hard to find authority figures. But so, I'm trying to find authority figures who cover. So talk to the leader. Yeah. Tell, tell me as a leader, how do I cover those under me? What are the yeah. best... Way, ways that someone under me will respond to my leadership if I'm covering. Yeah. I think your directives are clear. You're not leaving people wondering, am I supposed to do this? He talked about this or she talked about this. I don't know if I'm supposed to. So the directives are clear, right? There's love and there's kindness. There's an awareness that you're married and you have kids and you have an outside life. There's, there's an awareness um, that, that, um, that you need encouraging words mm -hmm. every now and again, you need to be told you're doing great, man. Yeah. So that's, that's what, Oh, Oh, and then protect me from, protect me from the wolves out there, please. Cause there's wolves, especially in church, right? If protect me from the, from the lady who confronts me about my song choice five minutes after the song's done can protect me from that. Right. You don't have to fight my fights, but you can protect me. So those are all ways, I think, for the leader to truly cover. It's like Christ does for us. Yeah. It's, it's Jesus. It's all it is. 
Hey guys, I wanted to let you know about something new that we are starting. So when COVID first started to hit, uh, we started uh, Monday roundtables, which were uh, anybody and everybody that wanted to, to jump on, pastors and leaders and worship pastors, uh, that wanted to jump on to a Zoom call and just talk about what was going on and, and how to deal with it. Um, we, uh, we did that for a couple of months, and now we're moving to kind of a 2.0 version of that roundtable. And uh, my friend Ben Stapley is going to be hosting those. Uh, ben, thanks for hanging out with me, man. Tell me a little bit about Roundtable 2.0. Uh, yes, Carl. Thanks so much for having me be a part of this. I'm, I'm excited for it for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, it's because we're going to be bringing together church leaders from small, medium, and large-sized churches to be discussing how to make a transforming worship experience. So a couple of things. First of all, it's leaders in different stages of the game. Sometimes I feel these conversations are just with leaders at mega churches or giga churches. And sometimes it's really hard to make the, what they're saying in practice, theory, you know, uh, boots on the, on the ground. Exactly. So I'm excited for that. Uh, and then the other thing is it's coming from different perspectives. So it's going to be, you know, sometimes the worship experience is just talked about from worship leaders. But we all know it takes many teams coming together to bring that together and talk about it. So I'm, I'm excited to be talking about it from different facets. Uh, and then the last thing is we're going to be talking about um, what ha is working, uh, what hasn't worked, and then our future developments. The part that excites me the most about that is the what didn't work. Uh, the reason is because sometimes we kind of hide that and pretend it didn't happen, but I feel we learned best from our mistakes. And so being transparent and honest with each other will help others uh, avoid some of the potholes that we found ourselves in. So that's the conversation. That's why I'm excited for it. Yeah, so August, uh, first Friday in August is our first uh, roundtable that you're going to do. These are going to be monthly. Um, and uh, and one thing, just to reiterate, uh, that I'm really excited about is on the podcast, uh, we have some kind of um, uh, pe people at, at normal churches, you might say, but uh, we do have a lot of industry leaders. Um, and so I love that the roundtable is going to be more of kind of in the trenches. What's, what's really going on at somebody who's uh, with somebody who's actually, you know, pushing the buttons, working with the volunteers and planning the services and, and things like that. So uh, not that the industry leaders don't, but it's, it's a little bit more on a higher level. And um, this one is a little bit more, the round table is a little bit more in the trenches, in, in the nitty gritty. So I'm really excited about it. Um, tell me, uh, do you have any uh, words of wisdom on your, on your first one? What are you kind of uh, wanting to, to start out of the gate with? Yeah, we'll probably look at first impressions to begin with in terms of a topic. And then what, so what does that look like? And we'll probably subdivide it as well. So some churches have reopened or are reopening. So what does it look like to do that well as we reopen? It's a very timely topic. Uh, and then also, if you haven't, uh, if you're you know pulling off the North Point and you just, you've crossed off 2020 uh, for reopening physically, well, what does it mean to still do that well online? And obviously that has implications regardless of whether or not you reopen. You're probably not going to ditch your online model so how do you make a great first impression on both those environments? Yeah, excellent. Well, Ben, thanks so much uh, for hanging out. And man, really excited about Roundtable 2.0. Hey guys, I want to let you know about a great place to pick up incredible quality stock footage for your video projects. 
If you are a video editor at your church or your team has been looking at places to get great footage for your videos, I'd love to encourage you to check out FilmPack. We use FilmPack for many of the videos that we produce for churches around the country. It is well produced, very high quality. They have an easily searchable library. Uh, They also give you unlimited access to their site and more. If you're looking for high-end stock footage for your church or ministry, check them out at filmpack.com. Filmpack.com. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening or watching the show this week. Next week on the podcast, we will continue our conversation with my friend Gary Molander. So more with Gary next week. In two weeks on the show, I'll welcome Trent Armstrong. Trent is the head After Effects motion graphics genius at Igniter Media. And if you are in production and you create video content of any kind or know someone who does, Trent is a master. So we'll dive into some advanced After Effects techniques with Trent starting in two weeks on the podcast. I want to thank Salt Conference and Film Pack for sponsoring our show this week. If you want to sponsor an episode of the podcast, we would love to chat with you. Just go to 1230.media forward slash sponsor uh, for more and to, uh, to learn more about sponsoring our podcast. It's our sponsors that allow us to bring this content to you absolutely free. So thank you so much uh, to our sponsors today, Salt Conference and Film Pack. We'll go out there and create some incredible worship experiences this weekend. I'll catch you guys next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.